I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Beauty School Dropout podcast, a skeptical and irreverent take on skincare, makeup, and the whole industry by two beauty outsiders. That's me, Sam. And me, Ali. We're bringing you fresh fortnightly content, looking at the science behind the stuff you put on your face, beauty myths and gimmicks, and all the shit that goes down in a multi-billion dollar industry. If you're listening to us already, you've found us. Subscribe to get notified when our next episode drops. If you want to get even closer, you can follow us on Instagram at Beauty School Dropout Pod. On this episode of Beauty School Dropout, we talk early calls and makeup chair tricks with Channel 9 sports reporter Jaleesa Apps. We let you in on yet another lesson learned and we chat all about Mega's big old bitch of a store. Stay with us. So it's usually me rolling up on here and telling you about dumb shit I've done and explaining the lessons that I've learned. But today, I am not that dumb bitch. I wouldn't classify this as dumb. I'd classify it as unlucky. I present you a dumb bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If that's what you want to call me. <laughs> I'm here to talk to you about a really sexy condition. Ooh. It's called angular colitis. Gross. I, um, I actually don't know what that is, so you fully have to tell me. So I don't know if you've ever had it. It's quite common um, when kind of like the edges of your lips crack. So the bit where your two lips meet in the corner. Mouth corner? Yeah, mouth corner cracks. It's not a cold sore? No. It's, it's every, I just want to point out every second during this journey of Ali, she's like telling me about it. I'm like, is it a cold sore? And every day she's like, it is not a fucking cold sore. It is not a cold sore. It's been confirmed by science that it's a completely different thing. Okay. So actually it happens um, sometimes when you drool when you sleep, which is really beautiful and it's something that I do sometimes. Also, same. So you're at risk. And if you're at home being like, I don't drool, I'd be like, fuck off, you liar. Everyone draws when they sleep. Don't lie. Don't lie. And then if you kind of have like mouth corners that fold over, like it's just like a a face thing. The use of mouth corner is killing me there. Well, you introduced it. (laughs) I can. You brought it to the conversation and I can't take it away. Let your mouth corners do the talking. We are talking mouth corners. (laughs) So that's, you know, that's another risk factor. And it's kind of just like it starts off like a little crack, like it might feel a little bit tender, but it can get really bad and it can cause bleeding. Uh, And mine, I had it from about, I think, May until probably October. That's a long time. Is it a a winter weather condition or is it? Because it's dry. Right, yeah. And then like if you're, you know, the corner of your mouth keeps getting moist, 
Mm, the words. I know the you're drool, happy. The moist, the mouth yeah, corners. You're very happy coming. to hear this conversation, but it's an important conversation that the public need to hear. Well, you really struggled with it because yeah. you were like, again, Sam, it's not a console. This is another issue entirely. Like, but what, it went on for months. What the fuck is happening to my mouth and why won't it heal? Yeah. So it kept cracking and then it did heal for a few days and then it crack again. And I went through, you know, a five-month period going to the doctor and the dentist being like, what is going on with my mouth? And they're like, oh, just use this thing called Kenalog, which is just like a little paste that you put over the top and it's meant to stop. I guess it just it forms a barrier, right? To help the healing process? Yeah, or? but it doesn't actually, well, for me, it didn't actually help the healing. And I had to spend a lot of money to go to this oral surgeon specialist in the city. I had to spend like $300 for her to tell me that, yes, it is angular colitis. And I'm just going to prescribe you this other thing called Kenacomb. And you put that on essentially and it it stops like there's a little bit of bacteria. So it cleans out the bacteria, it puts that layer on top of it. And then it, like, it turns down the redness and the inflammation. That's really cool. So apart from having to spend tons of money to get that information, I remember you did say that once you did find out, you, you started finding people that experienced the same issue. Yeah. In some of our beauty groups so we loiter in from time to time. Yeah, people are like, what the hell do I do with it? Like some people put Vaseline on it, which you can do. And I think if you have like low iron or low B12, that can be a cause of angular colitis. So it's really good practice to start, start putting Vaseline on the corners of your mouth when you go to sleep. Especially you drooly bitches out there. Yeah. Or you bloodhounds. Or you bloodhounds. <laughs> but also if you're taking an oral retinoid, it can also be... You know, it can also cause it as well. So if you're taking something orally for your skin, okay, definitely get on that Vaseline as well. Wow, it's so funny. Like when you put on these lotions and potions, and then they cause completely new and separate fun issues. Oh, it's so great. But the message I have for everyone is: if you experience this, do not spend five months putting Kenalog on Vaseline on your mouth and waiting for it to work. Go and ask your doctor for Kenacomb. It's the easiest thing, and then you won't have to spend money like I did to go to a specialist. So, Ali, there's somebody new in town that I want to talk to you about. Who is she? Who is she? Uh, Mecca had just quietly gone ahead and opened the largest beauty store in the Southern Hemisphere. In this economy. In this economy. <laughs> I know. Like, I was like, oh, okay, they must have been shitting themselves during COVID. Yeah. I mean, good for her, but... Good for her. So what they've actually done is taken over the very hallowed space that Topshop tried <laughs> and failed in Australia um, after they filled Supre, who tried and failed. In I that remember exact, that. It's in a very cursed spot. If anyone can do it, make a can. I believe that, yeah. There's some hallowed halls, but it's like how many levels? Like, I think it's like three or four. Three or four, like an absolute bonanza. And look, mecca stores are already like a bit of a wonderland to walk into, but you don't just have makeup, you don't just have skincare, you've got body piercing. Oh, yay! <laughs> also injectables, also, also hair bars. Hair bars. Yeah, like you can just go get GHG waves and like get on with your life. Oh, nice. Technically, you could walk in, buy your makeup, get your hair done, get your lips done, get your ears pierced, <laughs> and call it a day. You'd be out like a new human. You really would be. So it's it's a pretty interesting approach because I don't know any beauty retailers that are doing injectables apart from those that are licensed to do so. 
No, although you did talk about them popping up on every street corner and here we are. Here we go. I did say that. So what are your thoughts? I think it's interesting. So beauty is one of the only retail sectors that's actually growing at the moment. And we see like more and more shop fronts being taken over by Mecca and Sephora and all these other, you know, beauty stores. And they brought all these things together. I think it's going to work well for them. I hope it does. Yeah, we definitely don't want to see them fail. Um, it's it's a pretty bold move in a market that is really shifting, especially with like, um, you know, beauty is expanding, but it's also expanding online. Yeah. Like every day I'm learning about new websites that are, that are really taking me away from that shop front experience. So not to drag anyone, but Sephora on the topic, I caught them out Red and dirty. Oh, no. Ripping me off big time. Am I surprised? Well, I was because, <laughs> lady, I'm a gold member. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm dedicated and I'm pretty savvy with getting my prices right and stuff like that. But I caught them out on a, a devilish markup. Uh, I wanted to get the new uh, Pat McGrath Celestial Divinity palette. Mm-hmm. They're selling it for Australian $141. Yeah. Which is like, Pat McGrath, that's fine. Like, that's what it's going to be. Uh, only Pat is selling it direct for 125 Yeah. And there was a sale and I got it for $91 and I didn't pay shipping. Yeah. So I saved $50. So it's actually causing me to be a little bit more critical about what we're seeing in retail shop fronts in Australia as opposed to like what I can get direct overseas. So it is interesting that you say that they are really expanding despite people like me. <laughs> Well, I've, I feel like I've dropped down to a white member at that's, Sephora now. That's crazy. You're a peasant. I know. <laughs> it's like I'll spend like $3,000 at Mecca, but Sephora. It's just because you can get those brands. Like now you can get a lot of those brands at Mecca. And then other ones you can get on other websites and it's more convenient. Or it's like I don't have to go to the hell that is the Bondi Junction Sephora store. That It's a lot in there. But it's really interesting that you bring up the contracts because Mecca get a bit of riffraff in, you know, a couple of beauty communities Uh, about their exclusive contracts. And one of those is NARS, uh, Too Faced as well. But those contracts, I believe, I'm not like snooping around, but I believe that they're coming up to expiry. So it'd be really interesting to see how that goes, like whether they like transition those brands out or they get new brands in because like, They've got the new brand in that's yeah, really causing let's a fuss. talk about it. Mecca have brought Goopy Goo. Oh, God. <laughs> My enemy. Gwyneth Paltrow has entered the chat. <laughs> and I see, like, when you look at some of the social media response to it, people don't want it. They're like, who is this for? Who? We've been campaigning for Charlotte Tilbury for how long? And I know. And then you give us fucking goop. We have fanny candles, although apparently they're not selling those, which is like, why bother yeah. then if you're not going to get the vagina candle? Exactly. That is like, that's the quarterback. That's the one that you need to bring in. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think it's going to be a success, but I'm also having a bit of trouble understanding like what who they're trying to capture anymore because... Uh, they're bringing in young brands like Morphe and Kylie Skin. Yeah. But then they're also bringing in Tom Ford and, uh, like, it's really good. And I guess, like, having all these different levels means that you can cater all t- to all these different people. But then when you've got Kylie Skin and Morphe and getting your lips injected in the same, like, facility. Yes. is It's just an interesting message to younger, younger girls. So you buy Mega for your sister. Yeah. How old is she now? 17. 17. Um, if I was a 17-year-old, I might not be thinking about lip injections, but if I see it in Mecca, I'm going to think about it. Yeah, but what? it's so normalised. 
it is. And obviously we don't shame getting injectables and stuff, but I do feel like, I don't know, I feel like it's not, I don't I don't love it. For but, me, it's it's the natural and the clean beauty and now they've got naturopathy in that flagship store. They do what? They have like a, they've got slippery dips, they've got bargain <laughs> basements, they've got bloody everything. There's a ball pit in There's the lower ground. There's a ball pit. <laughs> There's not, we cannot confirm that. So they're leaning into your favourite field. Oh, all this anti-science stuff. And like people are saying we don't want Gwyneth because we, you know, we don't want to support products that go out there and, you know, cause fear amongst people. And There's no more fear than a fanny candle. <laughs> if your vagina does not smell like this candle, <laughs> you are not good material. You, you will drop dead. <laughs> yeah, sorry to distract you from that point there. Yeah, it's interesting. We'll see how it plays out. I mean, I'm still going to go there and spend a lot of money. Who, Like, who am I kidding? And <laughs> just, I'm Just stop me. I am definitely going to that piercing bar. That's the tea on the new... Uh, multi 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 level mecca store i think we already asked you if you wanted to buy a fanny candle and y'all <laughs> said some of you said yes yeah it was really interesting seeing that breakdown i should let you know that we can see exactly who says yes <laughs> and that's what you're getting for your birthday so keeping with the theme of kind of being a bit gross but also being open about gross mm-hmm. What is yuck that we are chatting about today in science class? (laughs) No shaming, but today we're talking about bumps. Something we can all relate to, in fact. Yes, and I keep seeing on social media people posting pictures and it's often of their foreheads with little bumps that don't have like a white or a black head and people are confused about what they are and everyone tells them it's milia. Oh, so there's a cult out there spreading misinformation about milia. I feel like like Dr. House when he's like, it's not lupus, and I'm like, it's not milia. No, it's always something like in the fridge on the house. <laughs> so, okay, like, for, again, dumb it down for homegirl, what is milia? So milia is like a little deposit of keratin that sits under your skin, and they can look like tiny little pimples, uh, and sometimes they're really shiny. So just another bump on my face that I need to worry about. <laughs> yeah, sure. There is danger lurking around every corner, but... We see people misdiagnosing it a lot. So the bumps in your forehead will usually be closed comedones, not milia. So milia happen more around your eyes, like that really sensitive skin and your upper cheeks. And actually lots of infants have milia when they're born. Okay, so coming through first day of life, yep. milia. This is what you get. <laughs> Welcome to the world, bitch. Damn. So tell me about comedones. So comedones, they're just pimples. So when sebum gets clogged beneath your pores, um, and they can have different appearances. So some of them look white, so that's like a white head, obviously. Some of them look black, and then some of them are just skin-coloured bumps. And closed comedones are essentially pimples without a head. Are they like blind pimples or are they a different type of bitch? I feel like they're different. Like I get blind pimples like down around my chin and they're like, they're deep. You can feel them. I get like one quarterly and I'm like, oh, so glad you made it. <laughs> nice up. to see you again. Nice to see you again. It's like that again. one hair on your chin that you get. Uh I told you not to talk about that. <laughs> so I feel like we all know those ones. Yeah. So I had the closed comedones like in my 20s a lot and they were just really stubborn and persistent things that stayed even when the rest of my skin was clear. They were just so unwelcome. <laughs> and then you couldn't pop them because they'd never come to a head. And I thought they were Milia for a very long time because they look like when I look up photos of Milia, I was like, oh, yeah, that looks similar. But then when I finally did get Milia, I could tell the difference. It's so funny. It's like you're like, I have a headache into Google. And it's like, you're dying. But Always. you're like, I have a skin lump, Milia. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we know that the comedones are usually caused by sebum. But how do you get one of those little Milia guys? 
So Amelia often caused by using really heavy products or they could just be a product of your genetics. Like, sorry, bitch, you've just gone, Amelia. Ah, oh, genetic lottery. Yes, we love that. <laughs> Everyone is a winner. Everyone wins a prize. Either way, so they're not going to hurt you. Um, but if you notice them, like maybe lay off like the super moisturising products for a while. So do they go away by themselves? Well, I have successfully defeated Amelia or Milliam. Once. Is Milliam like a flock of seagulls? It's <laughs> <laughs> my new band name. Okay. So if you are anyone who looks after my skin, please stop listening for just a sec. I don't want you to hear this. Um, but I had Amelia under my eye um, and I absolutely could not abide it being there. It had to go. So what I did, I got a safety pin. This is fucked. Oh, my God, no. <laughs> I got a safety pin and I sterilised it and made a little hole where I could push the keratin out. You are not in the trenches, bitch. Like, this is not the war. You do not need to do surgery on yourself. That is disgusting. I absolutely need to do it. I've done surgery on myself many times. Guys, do not do as we do. It's very dangerous. And for legal reasons, do not try this at home. <laughs> do not put anything sharp near your eye. But on that occasion, it worked and I didn't have a scar. And it stops me from picking at it with my fingers and making it worse. So I, I just, please, I don't recommend it. Go to your derm or your esthetician and get them to do it for you. I have some ethical issues with this, <laughs> but we'll, we'll talk about that in the car. Yep. So how do I get rid of all these evil bumps if not by lancing them myself in a completely medieval fashion? So glycolic or salicylic or lactic acid as well as a retinol can exfoliate and help the skin turn over and get rid of those nice little bumps. Okay, cool. So if you're listening, don't listen to those... Uh robots online telling you <laughs> spreading misinformation and do not do anything with a safety pin and forget I told you forget everything our next guest you may recognise for her outstanding sports reporting for Channel 9. She's the most glamorous NRL fan I know and is quickly climbing up the ranks of sports journalism. Jaleesa App stops by today to talk us through all the early calls the makeup chairs of Channel 9 and women in rugby league So for those of us at home who aren't sports fans, tell us about how you made your way in the field that is considered, for lack of a better phrase, a bit of a sausage party. <laughs> um, I guess it is a little bit, but um, I actually never intended on working in sport despite being a sports lover. I always, I always dreamed of it, but it was never something that I sought out because as you said, it's not really something when I was a kid that you saw a lot of women broadcasting. It wasn't really until you saw Erin Molan and Yvonne Sampson that it actually became quite a, you know, visually they were on commercial television and doing quite a lot and it became visually, you could see them a lot. So it became a bit more of a, a, a something that I guess you felt like you could achieve. But I actually started in, uh, I did journalism and law at uni, but I did law because I thought I wasn't going to get a job and I've never used that degree. So it was <laughs> like, like a plan. <laughs> yeah. And it was honestly the, if I could give that a degree away and get my $50,000 back, I would do it tomorrow. <laughs> Um, not that law is not a great degree, but I haven't used it. Um, so <laughs> I actually worked in, um, news in, uh, regional news while I was at uni. And then when I came up here to channel nine, I still worked in news and I would just always watched a lot of sport and I would often talk to the sports guys. And one day they had an opening, um, and they actually just asked me though, the head of sport, um, 
just uh, at, in our newsroom just asked me and said, hey, we've got this opening. Would you be interested? And because we just, him and I always just chatted a lot of sport. Yeah, I think it's really awesome the way that Channel 9 is truly diversified. Like, as you said, from what we watched growing up, it was absolutely, I mean, I never saw women presenting sport at all until until recently. So bit of a dream realised without accident, actually dreaming it up. Yeah, exactly. And even in our newsroom, even like, you know, years ago, there wouldn't be that many females even in the newsroom. Now there's, you're hard to find a male in the newsroom. It's very <laughs> female dominated. So it, it, things have definitely changed all we, over media. We love a chick heavy newsroom. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. So you're a pretty relaxed country girl at heart with a love of sports. How does that fit in with an occupation of being on camera that requires like a certain level of glam? Yeah. So I would describe myself as, um, I guess I have definitely that country relaxed sort of vibe, but I do like to dress up and, and, you know, as everyone does look nice, but it is definitely, um, you always have to be very conscious of your appearance and make sure more than anything that you look neat and put together. Um, even if you're just going out and interviewing people, you, it's just that extra sort of level of professionalism. So you can't really have a day off slacking going (laughs) as much as I sort of sometimes do on the weekends. But you know, that happened to me on the weekend. I thought I wasn't going to have to interview anyone. And I came in looking the most casual that you've ever seen. (laughs) And then all of a sudden I I had to go and interview um, Ian Chappell, which um, I don't think he cared. (laughs) (laughs) But I was standing there going, oh, my God, I mean, basically what was thongs and, like, the most (laughs) casual shit. But you just strategically plan those days so that you're not on camera. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, you know what? Blokes probably don't even notice. Like They don't. So I just made sure that he was in all the shots and I wasn't. (laughs) Thank God for the editing room. Exactly. So you spent a bit of time in makeup chairs over the years. Uh, Do you look forward to or loathe the process now? I probably have started to loathe it a bit more as it's, <laughs> as it's gone on. And I hate saying that because it is someone's job and they put a lot of, pa- like the makeup artists we have at Channel 9 are incredible and they do a lot of weddings and um, things outside of Channel 9. And so I hate to say like I, I hate sitting there, but I sometimes really do because it's often like you have to be in a lot earlier um, yeah. because it takes for hair and makeup, you want to give them a good hour. So for example, like, you know, the other day I was reading sport on the Today Show. The show's not on air till seven, but I'm up at 3.30 because, yeah, because you've got to travel in to get the hair and makeup. The hair and makeup takes a while. Then you've got to go to your destination. So sometimes I hate the fact that like it takes up a lot of time so it really just depends on what you're doing because if you're getting all glammed up to go to a really nice event, then it's like a luxury. Um, but sometimes when it's just part of the job, you you sit there and you're like, oh, I could be doing anything else right now. Well, they stop getting you up so early. Maybe they'd have less eye bags to cover. I don't know. 
that's true. I should suggest that to them. So, where we can do this the night before? <laughs> yeah, I'll just put like urban decay setting spray and just not move for the rest of the night. Yeah, I won't. I won't move. I promise. <laughs> now, I have done a bit of TV broadcasting myself, and I've I uh, have been fortunate enough to have some weird looks go to air. Uh, one time, I well wasn't really makeup, but I was wearing a cardigan. I managed to wrap myself up in a complete cocoon, but I didn't realize that it happened. <laughs> it was the most ridiculous piece of television of all time. Um, has anything gone wrong in the makeup chair and made it to air or are Channel 9 just too damn good? No, uh, in terms of what they do, absolutely not. They are, they've had to do things so quickly. Like it's really funny because I think the makeup girls, I'm sure they wouldn't mind me saying they'll take as long as they've got. So like, you know, they'll perfect things to the absolute 10th degree or if they have to get you on set so quickly it is actually amazing how quickly someone can be doing your hair someone can be doing your makeup and you're ready in in 10 minutes for something that would normally take an hour so fortunately not for them but I have definitely put as a makeup on myself and then looked back and gone oh my god Just looked and and also once I like tried to put fake eyelashes on myself and I literally ripped them off in an ad break because I was oh like, oh, I not deal with these anymore. <laughs> Look, they're, they're not something that you can just like do lightly. Like I, I always like hype myself up like I'm going to do it and then I try and I get mad and I give up. <laughs> Yeah, I'm the same. Fake eyelashes are, it's it's an actual talent. That should be on resumes. <laughs> yeah, it really should be. On your days off, what are your go-to products? Obviously not fake eyelashes. Okay, this is where you're going to get mortified. <laughs> so this is like when you guys first asked me to come on the podcast, I did warn you <laughs> I'm not very good or into makeup, but I could speak from a broader sense. So this is where it gets a bit shady. <laughs> so my skincare regime, and you're going to probably die. I literally do nothing. Oh, I thought you were going to say like soap and a towel and like call it a day. <laughs> no, that's it. No, that's it. So I literally do not. I don't even put moisturizer on. And part of the reason is because had I've had eczema like on other parts of my body. So like behind my knees or my hands in particular. So I'm really, and I've never had any acne or pimples. So I'm terrified of like messing with the system. You don't want to mess up the ecosystem. I totally get it. No. The other thing is just, I do wear a lot of, I do wear makeup on my days off if I'm going to see people, because I am definitely one of those people that looks really unwell if they don't have makeup on. Hey, you're one of my type. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, you know, like when you've like, Oh, I'll just go without makeup. And then everyone's like, are you okay? And you're like, did you have a yeah. really big night? Like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And you're like, no, I look like I need an iron transfusion, but honestly, this is just what, <laughs> what I'm working with. So I am also one of those people that is like cheap and fast. I understand that people really enjoy, get enjoyment out of buying makeup and playing with makeup and power to you but I am just not one of those people like I want things I'm angry if I have to buy (laughs) and I actually think there needs to be a bit more of an acceptance of cheap products because 
people seem to think that the only good products are expensive. And I have tried every single product under the sun at Channel 9 and in my own life. And I can honestly say some of my favorites are the cheapest. So some of the ones that I wrote down here. So this is just what I would use every day. So the thing I really splurge on is my is Makeup Forever Foundation. I find really good, but for a cheaper version, I like the Maybelline Fit Me. We bang on about that. That thing is insane. Yeah. So you often get it at, like it's at Woolworths, it's at half price. So I often use that on, and I save the really expensive, this is how cheap I am. I save the really expensive foundation for like the good times. Oh yeah. Crack out the fancy foundation. The other ones I really like, so the Rimmel Soft Coal um, eyeliner in brown is really nice. And then there's a palette called, um, an eyeshadow palette called Revolution, which you can get at Priceline, literally is 10 or $15. And I have never looked back. I've never touched the expensive ones I have. This is really good. This is good information because I think a lot of people, you know, they say they're not into makeup as well, but they also see the price and it's not for everyone to want to dish out that much money, but it's really cool to know that you can get like really like great looks for an affordable price. Yeah. And these are things that these, this is what I use on air every day. I get given makeup through work in terms of like, okay, use this and blah, 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 use this. And I always seem to go back to the, the ones that I've mentioned. I always go back to those cheaper ones, but where I sort of do spend money more is in terms of my hair. There's two things that I use. There's a, it's called Unite seven second leave-in conditioner, which is really good. If you've got my hair's like quite the strands are quite thin, but there's a lot of it. So it knots quite easily. Yeah. I can Um, relate. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's a pain. So I use that. And also I bought a cloud nine straightener, which is so expensive, but honestly it's so worth it because you know, years ago GHDs used to be good and then they got a bit shit. I'm staring at my GHG, staring back at me being like, are you about to dump me? (laughs) (laughs) So like you think cloud nine is better than GHG now? Yes, because I had a really old GHG and I loved it. I had had to, it died and I went to a new one and I really didn't like it. And then the cloud nine, I got the wide plates. So like the thicker and it's so easy for curling. I mean, they are quite expensive. I think it was $400, but it was if it's you an just investment. Really, yeah, if you're going to invest your money somewhere, that's where I'd put it. Yeah, my first JHA lasted me like seven years. Like she was in it. And I think I'm on to like two or three years of my second, but I find curling with it like, I don't know, it's also because I'm very uncoordinated. So that could be it. <laughs> but Cloud Nine's easier to curl than JHG. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. Because it's like the thicker plates too. So you get like a really nice bouncy curl. So talking back about the public eye, um, it can be a pretty tough gig and sports reporting was long considered a bit of a man's world as we chatted about. As an outsider, I do wonder if there's sort of this unspoken pressure to look a certain way in sports reporting. What is your take on this? Do you feel that there's pressure on you in the industry, even though it's changed a lot? Probably not um, openly, as you say, like the, like no one certainly is ever coming up to me and going, you need to look like this, but probably, and not just even in sports reporting, but just in general, particularly TV is a funny one because you have to, 
the whole idea is when you see someone on screen that you're listening to what they say and you're understanding what they're talking about and whatever they're explaining to you. So you can't be, have anything, and this is my personal opinion, you can't look too distracting either way. Yeah. Like you can't look really, I don't think you need to look really overly glamorous. So someone's going, wow, look at her hair. That looks really nice. And look at her, this because then they've completely lost people and they're like, wait, what was she saying? And then I think if the other way, if you look, if I went on camera without any makeup, people would be like ringing, being like, is she okay? Someone call triple zero. Yeah. She, she needs she, a blood transfusion. She needs an iron tablet. <laughs> but it's really good to know that there isn't that whole like, you know, that scene from Knocked Up where they're like, we need it a little tighter. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. But I don't think you'd ever get away with that these days or certainly no one would get away with saying that to me. Like no one's calling me in and saying no more sausage rolls at lunchtime. But um, That would be unspeakable. Know, How could they do that Unspeakable. I'd be like, excuse me. Um, but I think there is like an, uh, there's a subconscious pressure though because um, so it was actually funny that you brought this up because my workmate and I, he is a, does the same job as me. We were debating this and I was having one of those days where I was like frustrated that I had to go and get makeup. You, you boys just roll out of bed and you're ready <laughs> to go. Like it's not fair. And he goes, no, but you can look so much better. He's like, this is as good as I'm getting. So we were having this debate. Really like, valid point actually. <laughs> yeah. He's like, this is as good as it gets for me. And I'm like, yeah, but everyone's <laughs> accepting that. Like I can't roll out of bed and turn up on TV and people think it's okay. Like, you know, unfortunately we've been conditioned that women look a certain way in society and that's so frustrating and I'm so angry at 70 years of history for that. <laughs> so whether you're on TV or not, I think it, there's a pressure there to, to look um, presentable and look, you know, like you haven't, males just literally roll out of bed, whereas we have to put a bit more effort in. It just blows my mind that they don't even like have to like fuck with foundation or concealer. <laughs> like they can have a pimple and truly no one will care. Alrighty. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It's been awesome chatting to you about all things uh, early starts and, and also women in NRL. We really appreciate it. So as usual, our shit talking has to come to an end sooner rather than later. Eventually we have to like something. We do. And it's actually our last episode of the year, would you believe? Oh my God. So let's take it out with a bang. As you know, I am very lazy when it comes to makeup. We're at different ends of the spectrum. We really are. So hence why I feature more the makeup and you're more the skincare. Exactly. But I have found one product that if I can't be bothered doing a proper eye, I just grab this one. And it's the By Terry Ombre Black Star Eyeshadow Pencil. There's a lot of parts to the name. There's a lot of components. <laughs> As you, it's never just like eyeshadow pencil. No. So is it like a liquid situation or is it... No, no, it's just it's just like in a pencil essentially. Oh, it's like the, the it's a full blown. Oh, pencil. it's a pencil. Yeah, it's like the Mecca Zoom sticks. So it's oh, a really yeah, similar, yeah. like a kind of creamy stuff. Okay, cool. And it's a really limited shade range, but it doesn't matter because it's quite flattering on everyone. There's like a bronze color that everyone looks good in. Um, and even if you have oily eyelids, sometimes you don't even need primer underneath it. It's got like an inbuilt primer. Anyway, so a girl at Mecca re- recommended this to me years and years ago, and I think I'm still using it, which is probably past the year 
by a date, but, you know, who has time for that, really? <laughs> More on ethical advice from Ali in this episode. I'm doing really well. Please don't sue me, anybody. <laughs> Look, I'm all about, like, low maintenance and getting it done, but then I'm like, I have half an hour extra to get ready, so I'm going in drag. No, I am <laughs> sleeping not half an hour. <laughs> yeah, we're on different journeys. Well, I want to talk to you about my new lipstick obsession. Tell me. So I bought one Patrick Tart lipstick and I was like... I only need one. <laughs> I can uh, I can manage. But uh, so the one I bought originally was, oh, she's single. Oh, great name. Yeah, and it's a beautiful nude. And I liked it, but I have so many nude lipsticks, like it's a joke. So I, I liked it, but I was like, it's not changing my life. But today I actually picked up uh, one of the other new lipsticks called She's Not From Here. And it's the most gorgeous, like, coral red. And... I'm funny with red lipstick because, like, I can't stop it from migrating around my <laughs> mouth. Like, you're on a journey, honey, and it's all over my face. Yeah. But I had uh, a meeting today and I put my lipstick on at 11 mm-hmm. and she lasted till about 4 o'clock. Nice. And I didn't get that red lip bumhole mouth. <laughs> you know, that where it, like, yeah. clings to, like, the inner line. It's fashion, darling. It, yeah, I didn't get that. And, like, for me, I can't go past that. In a red lipstick that makes your teeth look white, doesn't move around, doesn't go on a journey all entirely on its own. And look, it's pretty affordable in terms of high-end lipstick. It kind of, like, she's looking at me like you're fucking lying. But, like, in my ballpark, if it's under 50 bucks, it's a good deal. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just thinking about that, you know, that Fenty Stunner lip paint. Yeah. When I've used that and the way it travels, I look like like Colleen Ballinger. Like, it's, (laughs) I have a double mouth. I, like... I, I really struggle to find one that won't move. I think we were talking about with Tani on our last episode, the second mouth. Yeah. So unavoidable. But I, I was eating popcorn. I was, like, digging around my cupboard, had a can of Coke. Mm-hmm. I had it all going on and it didn't move. I just love that you bought a lipstick because your other one was lonely. It's like, it's like you can, you know, you're like you can never have one alpaca. Like they die of loneliness. You have to get another one. And I think that's the same with Patrick Tar lipsticks. I think so too because there's like three more that I'm just gonna go get. And I also bought the lip liner and the Colt Beauty uh, Sales. So, and I just want a little bit of credit that I went through my whole lipstick drawer container situation. I got rid of half. I could never. Well, they were like from. Many years gone by, and unlike you, <laughs> well, they're frosted. Yeah, well, basically, I throw I throw my shit out when it's expired no. within five to eight years. <laughs> Seems so like a waste of money. No. I actually threw out a Chanel lipstick you got me when I was like, oh my god, for like your twenty first oh, birthday yeah, or something. Yeah, she had to go. She finally went. So no. meet the bin Chanel. Uh, and that's the end of the podcast. We're breaking up now. <laughs> we've decided we have creative differences. <laughs> uh, but that is our final high praise of the year. Uh, we hope that you've liked some of the. Products that we've been shilling. Uh, but we can't wait to talk to you in the new year about amazing, incredible products that we'll no longer be able to buy again because you motherfuckers have bought it. That's all for this episode of Beauty School Dropout. Head on over to our Instagram at Beauty School Dropout Pod and give us a follow. You can also send us a message at hello at beautyschoolpod.com. Be kind, follow, and subscribe.